just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures. And afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and other cool stuff. This week, I've been recording a new LinkedIn learning course, and my voice is kind of thrashed. So I'm going to give you two fun old segments from 2014, heavy on the history. First, you'll hear about the origin of teddy bears and whether to capitalize the name. And then you'll hear about what the Brothers Grimm of fairy tales have to do with linguistics. I love both these segments. We'll also have a new family story at the end, and I have to thank the many of you who told me that the phrases in last week's family story, horse hockey, bullpucky, and so on, were commonly used by Colonel Potter in the TV show MASH. Apparently, he liked bull cookies, bull twinkies, bull snot, buffalo bagels, monkey muffins, horse feathers, mule fritters, and pony pucks. You can find lists of even more online. Every time I go to the mall and see a Build-A-Bear store, I'm reminded that teddy bears get their name from the U.S. President, Teddy Roosevelt. The story goes that in 1902, Roosevelt went to the South to settle a border dispute between Mississippi and Louisiana. And while he was there, he went on a bear hunt. Well, the hunting wasn't going so well, and the organizers wanted the president to be happy. So they captured a bear for him and tied it up. When Roosevelt arrived, they presented him with the poor trussed-up bear, suggesting that he shoot it. Roosevelt thought this was quite unsporting and refused. Now, here the story gets murky. I've read accounts that Roosevelt demanded the bear be freed, and I've also read accounts that Roosevelt suggested that someone else shoot the bear to put it out of its misery. Either way, the story of Roosevelt refusing to shoot the bear got out, and the Pulitzer Prize-winning cartoonist, Clifford Kennedy Berryman, drew a cartoon for the Washington Post, depicting an aloof and merciful teddy refusing to shoot a cute, frightened little bear. As a double play, the illustration was titled Drawing the Line in Mississippi, referring to both Roosevelt being in town because of the border dispute and to his drawing a moral line at not shooting a helpless captive bear. Berryman's cartoon was syndicated around the country, and people loved it. The positive reception inspired the Mitchtums, Russian immigrants who lived in Brooklyn, to make a stuffed bear cub they called Teddy's Bear and to put it in their store window. That first bear was so popular they created the ideal novelty and toy company to make more. 
Around the same time, a company in Germany called Steiff also began manufacturing stuffed bears, very likely without having any knowledge of the Roosevelt-inspired production that was taking place in the U.S., And in 1903, a New York toy buyer bought 3,000 of the German bears to bring to the U.S. So now two companies were selling teddy bears, and they became something of a craze. A 1906 citation from the Oxford English Dictionary shows a line from American Stationer that reads, quote, Probably no novelty of recent years has been so popular as the teddy bears, unquote. I found newspaper ads from 1907 advertising Teddy Roosevelt Bears and for a series of spin-out books called The Roosevelt Bears, which featured Teddy G, a good bear, and Teddy B, a bad bear. Two bears with the same names were presented to the Bronx Zoo. There was a rush of teddy bear songs, such as The Teddy Bear March in Two-Step, and manufacturers made all kinds of teddy bear products, including tea sets, cages for stuffed bears, paper dolls, scarf pins, and so on. Back then, Teddy was capitalized because it was the president's nickname. But sometime over the years, it became acceptable to write Teddy Bear lowercase. And that's how Merriam-Webster's online dictionary and the Oxford English Dictionary list it today. I'll put pictures of the original cartoon in those newspaper ads on the transcript of this podcast at quickanddirtytips.com, and you can search the site for teddy bear. They're pretty cool. So the next time you see a teddy bear, remember Theodore Roosevelt and his failed hunting trip. Whether you're shopping for grads, getting an early gift for dad, or just looking for a little something new or used for your shelf, you'll find it at HPB. And you'll get almost everything for an extra 20% off during the big sale at Half Price Books this Memorial Day weekend. Saturday, May 25th through Monday, May 27th, save big in-store at your local Half Price Books and at HPB.com. Offer cannot be combined with other coupons. Exclusions apply. To learn more, visit HPB.com. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because (laughs) the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. When I talk about the Brothers Grimm, you probably think of Grimm's fairy tales, such as Snow White, Rapunzel, Rumpelstiltskin, Sleeping Beauty, or Cinderella. Or maybe you think of that TV show, Grimm. And as a complete aside, I recently read the original Cinderella. Man, it is a lot darker than the Disney version. The brothers' names were Wilhelm and Jacob. Together, they collected and published folklore stories in the 1800s. But they were also interested in dictionaries. They worked on a German-language dictionary for many years. 
and they were interested in linguistics. Jacob, in particular, published books titled The History of the German Language and German Grammar, and he's the namesake of Grimm's Law, which he first explained in that grammar book, German Grammar. Grimm's Law describes how consonant sounds changed in a systematic way between very early languages called Proto-Indo-European and Proto-Germanic. Proto-Indo-European is the precursor to languages including Greek, Latin, Sanskrit, German, French, English, Gaelic, Hindi, Dutch, Russian, Pashto, and more. The list goes on and on. And Grimm, building on the work of Rasmus Rask, was the first person to describe the predictable pattern of changes you could see in certain consonant sounds as that early language, Proto-Indo-European, became Proto-Germanic. For example, Grimm realized that the P sound in Proto-Indo-European tended to become an F sound in Proto-Germanic. Grimm's law explains why we have the related words fatherly and paternal, fish and Pisces, and fire and pyro. It describes a lot of other sound changes, too. The phenomenon Grimm described is also known as the first consonant shift, and it was a monumental discovery in early linguistics. So the next time you watch Snow White with your kids or watch the TV show Grimm, remember that Grimm's fairy tales may be what makes the Grimm name famous in popular culture, but Jacob Grimm was also one of the giants of early linguistics. And Grimm's Law is actually pretty complicated linguistics, and there's a YouTube video that helped me understand what it's about, so I'm going to embed that in the transcript of this podcast on quickanddirtytips.com so you can hear all the pronunciation differences, too, and see how they relate to each other. And Neil Whitman also helped me make sense of the law and come up with simple examples, so thanks, Neil. And he also pointed me to a second helpful video that I'll link to in the transcript. Finally, I have a familect story from Kirsten. Hi, Grammar Girl. This is Kirsten from Vashon Island in Washington. I wanted to share a word my family uses. During the pandemic, I ended up with four chickens, and four quickly turned to 34. One of the charming things about chickens is when they see something that is potentially threatening, they make a specific clucking sound. I've always called it danger cluck. So it didn't take long before danger cluck started getting used in um, regular language with my kids, both of my boys who are teenagers, when they're doing something scary, skiing or snowboarding. They will even rank it by number of danger clucks. That's a five-star danger cluck. Anyway, I thought it was cute. I love this because we've been thinking about getting chickens, but wow, 34 chickens is a lot. They sound like so much fun, though. Danger cluck. <laughs> Thanks for the call. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find hundreds of Grammar Girl articles at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening.
Whether you're shopping for grads, getting an early gift for dad, or just looking for a little something new or used for your shelf, you'll find it at HPB. And you'll get almost everything for an extra 20% off during the big sale at Half Price Books this Memorial Day weekend. Saturday, May 25th through Monday, May 27th. Save big in-store at your local Half Price Books and at HPB.com. Offer cannot be combined with other coupons. Exclusions apply. To learn more, visit HPB.com. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.